Hi, welcome to Silent Symptoms, a Black mental health podcast. I am your host, Katasso Fridge, a Florida-based therapist. This podcast focuses on mental health, stigmas, and social injustices that affect the Black community. This podcast was created to bring awareness about mental health and can be used as an educational guide, but this is not to be used as a replacement for seeking help from a therapist. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Here we go. Hi, thank you so much for tuning into Silent Symptoms with us today. We have Melissa Eiffel. She's an LCSW. She's also a therapist with over 20 years of experience working with communities of color in various capacities. So she's more than experienced to be here. Um, She's passionate about her work with young ladies, especially women of color with a history of trauma. And those who are in transition, seeking and learning how to... um, better manage their emotions and have better relationship and taking life to the next level. So I thought she would be a great individual to be on my podcast. And her and I were actually having conversations about, you know, the angry black woman syndrome. So this is going to be the episode that we're going to be talking about, talking about the ability and allowing black women to be angry and not having that negative connotation. So Melissa has more than enough experience to talk about this. So Melissa, just tell them a little bit about you and your background so um, you know as the intro said I've been working with um, you know primarily young adults for the past 20 years with all sorts of diagnosis and you know all sorts of environments and my work really centers around helping young people transition into adulthood primarily those who have chronic mental health diagnosis and who have a history of neglect and abuse and you know some sort of physical abuse often Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, trauma within their family context. A lot of the young women that I work with, and I'm I'm happy to do this work, um, you know, are diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um, borderline personality disorder, Mm -hmm. um, have a history of aggression and anger, and and really struggle in their relationships with others and their relationships, um, you know, with themselves oftentimes. Okay, that's awesome. So where are you based so people can know how to get in contact with you? I'm in New York City. I am based in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn is everywhere. I, I love New York. <laughs> but I'm also licensed in Maryland, and I do telehealth services for um, pretty much anybody who resides in New York State. Mm-hmm. So I have some college-age um, clients who are in school, are in mm-hmm. New York, and we do video mm-hmm. sessions. Um, and I'm looking to extend my practice a little bit more in the Maryland area with clients who encourage um, out that way. That's awesome because telehealth is a new move. A lot of people are finding it so convenient because they don't have to move around and go from one place to another, have to worry about transportation. All they need is pretty much their cell phone to get in contact with you and have therapy services and, you know, not have to worry about paying money to get to you, traffic or anything traffic and you know what New York is the city of the hustle right Mm so I mean my clients have two jobs or they have heavily demanding jobs I have some clients who work in IT Mm -hmm. or they work in the entertainment industry so you know the ability to say look you know I can't leave work but I can still get my me time in with my therapist is exactly beneficial so we meet so we talk wherever they are um I but I also work out of wellness spaces Mm-hmm. So I'm um, gonna work out of two wellness centers in Brooklyn primarily. 
so it provides my clients with the opportunity to um, to really learn about different you know wellness services that can benefit them emotionally also awesome so i'm super excited to talk about the angry black woman syndrome because that is a very important topic that people do not talk about and when they hear angry black woman they associate with associated with something negative mm-hmm. you know, why do you think that it's so important for people to discuss the angry black woman syndrome and that narrative around that well, you know, it's so interesting because we talked about having this conversation a couple of weeks ago before you mm-hmm. went on your lovely vacation. Yes. <laughs> uh, getting and, all the islands. <laughs> Self-care. And then, <laughs> and then look at this weekend. We have this situation with Serena Williams at the U.S. Open. Absolutely. Right? Where she felt disrespected. Mm-hmm. She felt as though her, you know, honor as a sportswoman was mm-hmm. being called into question. And she, you know, very appropriately checked the umpire exactly so so she exactly told him how she felt Mm -hmm. she you know told him that she um, she demanded her respect and she was very clear in her communication with you know what she felt he was doing that was inappropriate exactly now we you know back in the days we've had other tennis players right so Mm -hmm. what was it like McEnroe when you know people throw their tennis racket do whatever they want and just do whatever they want, yell, scream, cuss people out. Exactly. And they were never on the front of a major newspaper being portrayed like a big, ugly, angry mm-hmm. being stomping up and down. Not even a person, but like an animal in an mm-hmm. outfit. It looked like throwing. a big toddler, like a gorilla. Yeah, like, like a gorilla throwing a big toddler tent. Absolutely. That was totally disrespectful completely disrespectful completely Mm -hmm. disrespectful on the front of the herald sun can you imagine can you imagine can you imagine that being done to a man can you imagine that being done to a Mm -hmm. white man man absolutely so i think that it's important to you know have this conversation about the ability to communicate your needs to communicate Mm -hmm. your your disruption and your feeling of being upset and angry and disrespected Mm -hmm. without then being called a name without then being told you know that you don't have the right to be upset and Mm -hmm. that you have to calm down right yeah you have to calm down yeah um you know, recently I had this experience. I've been trying to purchase a home all year. Mm-hmm. I think I told you the story. Yes. And I've been going through all these ups and downs trying to purchase the home. Mm-hmm. And we have finally come to a point where I was like, yes, I'm closing on this day. I'm I found this yes, wonderful place. <laughs> this wonderful place. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, run into a snag with the sellers. And mm. I say to my lawyer, I'm pissed off like i'm upset because I'm this means that i'm mad but she was mm-hmm. like calm down calm down and i'm like wait I'm calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, so that really started me just thinking about the right to be able to mm. communicate what you need and how so yes. many people i work with feel stifled they feel like they can't say what they want to say and when they're in white spaces right mm-hmm. so where we work, you know where we worship just being on the train and the the, the subway, the ability yes. to, to to tell people that they're offending you or that they're mm-hmm. hurting you in some way mm-hmm. is seen as a disruption to their day. And, you know, they get to say that they're afraid of you. 
because mm. you are black, because you're, black. you're a woman, and because yeah. you choose to use your voice in a specific way. Yeah. So I just find that so many people I work with really struggle with whether they should communicate what they need, mm. you know, whether they should communicate what they want because they are afraid of being called the angry black woman. They're afraid of falling into this stereotypical trope that is used against us so that we can't communicate what we want. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you because a lot of times it's so hard to express ourselves as black women. Sometimes they actually confuse passion with anger too. When I'm passionate about something, when Mm -hmm. I want to tell you about how you're making me feel, when I want to tell you about this situation that is not sitting well with me, oh, you're angry. You need to calm down. You need to lower your tone or they're mistaking my passion for that anger and I'm targeting somebody specifically, why are you afraid of me? Because when you come across and tell me how you feel, I don't judge you. I don't say you need to calm down. We should be able to rightfully express ourselves. And going back to Serena Williams, her expression of how she felt with the umpire, he was like, he looked terrified. Yes. That was, you know, I would never do such a thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I'd rather lose than cheat. And Mm -hmm. she was very passionate as she walked away from the situation. And obviously Mm -hmm. other things happen afterwards. However, it seemed as though he was threatened, like she was ready to fight. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, well, we've seen other white men, other people do things like that. And nobody's afraid. It's taken all. He's just upset because one, two, and three didn't go his way. But it was like, she was a threat. And what she was saying is like, I'm just fighting for women's rights. I'm just trying to tell you that I have an honor. And a lot of times we do not get to be angry. And I don't understand yep. where that stems from. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, for me, when you, you know, when you really look at it conceptually, anything that is seen as the other mm. is something that is feared, right? right? So, you know, unfortunately, right now with the times that we live in, we're a very divided society. Yes. Um, and I think that there's something that has emerged you know within our culture of late Mm -hmm. where people feel as though it is okay to demonize people Mm. of color and to demonize people who you know who don't fit into the quote-unquote traditional box right you know like if you're Right, like in right, like if you don't fit into a particular category, then there's mm-hmm. something wrong with you. You know, then there's something that like you must be doing. Um, you need to communicate a specific type of way for exactly. other people to feel comfortable because they perceive you a certain way. Um, and I also think that you know, as um, people of color, women of color, enter spaces that we traditionally have not been in. Right. Yes. So so you see more of us in the boardroom. Yeah, you see more of us in the boardroom. We're in corporate spaces, and we're comfortable in our skin. Like we're mm-hmm. holding ourselves yes. because we know what we come with. <laughs> and so that level of fear mm-hmm. is just not present the way it was before. Yeah. And when you do look back, traditionally, Black women are in the home, you okay. know, being a Betty homemaker, a Betty Crocker, we're cooking, we're doing things, you know, that aren't being done traditionally. And, you know, statistically, more Black women are graduating college, they start in their own business, owning corporations, mm-hmm. and then 
it's like even then still building this ladder it's still you still have to be mild-mannered no you cannot be yourself because we're actually doing you a favor by you being in the specific space yes that concept of this is not something that you deserve mm-hmm. right like, like like you actually don't have the skill to be yes here. you don't have the education to be, be here. here. Mm-hmm. You don't deserve to be here. So whatever I'm going to say to you, you just need to accept, right? And yeah. whatever I tell you to do, you just need to go ahead and do. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't don't question it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, it, it's so interesting and timely that you know that whole thing happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I'm not a big tennis watcher, but from what I understand, mm-hmm. he was essentially trying to coach from the umpire seat. Mm-hmm. You know, where they do that at? You know, technically, yeah. And trying to obviously for me as well, I was looking at it is that spite or like how are you trying to choose this angle? This really costed her a game. And mm-hmm. even when, when I watched like the snippets that I did see, obviously, you know, good old social media, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, like at the end, they ended up booing the other uh, young lady. And then she was still was like, no, like she won the game. Like mm-hmm. she's still classy. She's still a class act. Even within her anger, she was able to acknowledge that, okay, this didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. But at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. this is what it is. And that's another thing that we could talk about. Um, You know, how can we try to, you know, get away from the fact that, like, we're allowed to be angry, like, expressing ourselves? Because, like, you know, we're described as Mm ill-tempered, you know, quick to anger. Mm -hmm. And how can we you know, get away from that? How do you think we, we, we should be able to express ourselves rightfully, in a sense? So, I think that that if we walk into situations with the expectation that other people are going to give us permission to be mm. who we have the natural right to deserve mm-hmm. to be, yes. we are com- I mean, completely dealing with the situation all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we can ever have the full expectation that people are going to see us for who we are unless mm. we continue to just simply be who we are. Yes. Uh, like the reality of it is, is that as, you know, women of color, mm-hmm. a lot of us grow up in very male spaces. If mm-hmm. you grow up in an urban environment, you do grow up in an environment where you are taught that you have to care for yourself and to mm-hmm. yourself at all costs. Right, mm-hmm. so that you have to be strong, you have to be independent, yes. you mm-hmm. have to be the person who is essentially saying, Listen, I got this, I can manage myself, mm-hmm. or else, because of the nature of the environment, you might not have made it to where you're actually yeah. in boardrooms having exactly. these conversations, right? Right, so I think that we have to be willing to be very clear about who we are when we show up in diverse spaces. Mm-hmm. We have to be consistent about speaking about who we are, and we have to not be afraid to really tell people how we feel. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the challenge that we often run into, which in this particular scenario with with Serena, like we almost saw as well, mm-hmm. with this sort of "I'm better than her." yeah right it it, it almost seemed like it 
Right, because like they were trying to set that situation up. I, I, I mean, quite frankly, Osaka is another African American woman, young lady. Yeah, what right. are you trying to do here? Right, exactly. It's so, like, what are you trying to do here? You're trying to, you know, pit the two of them against each other. So I think that we as people you mm-hmm. know, run the gamut with different ways to express ourselves, with like different types of communication, depending mm-hmm. on like where you grow up and depending on your. Um, you know, family cultural perspective and your life experience. Right. But supporting each other in an environment where we encourage each other to show up authentically and and basically have each other's back is important. Banding together. Banding together. Mm -hmm. Now, am I saying that you're going to walk up in a boardroom and, you know, (laughs) cuss the CEO out? No, that's not what we're saying. saying. Keep your jobs. (laughs) Listen, we love our coins, we have more to give, and, and yes. rent to pay, we got kids to feed. Exactly, like, okay. bills. Bills, bills, girl, bills. Exactly. So, so I'm definitely not saying for you to, you know, do anything disrespectful or harmful. Exactly. But what I am saying is, is that when, you know, when you're in spaces, really being able to work through how to communicate. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you have no control over how somebody else perceives you, but mm-hmm. you do have control over what you do, and then being able to double back on the situation and say, "Well, okay, let's discuss what happened. You feel some type of way, but this is what happened. There were no threats made. There were no mm-hmm. curses said. There was nothing. Exactly. It's just you know very very clear communication. Yeah. And then you know, as you have sister friends or people who you work with, or, mm-hmm. you know, who you know who are in similar situations that you know you are a part of, mm-hmm. really." supporting them you know in those situations and not falling into this idea well you know I'm not like her you know turn, I'm not, turn the other cheek yeah like turn the other cheek or like mm-hmm. oh that's not me and and, yep. and I'm not that person and exactly but 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 acknowledging yeah she may have been upset she had a right to be mad mm-hmm. and you know let's you know let's talk about it you know did you know is what yep. really happened you know mm-hmm. Um, what you think happened or is what you think happened really colored by your own perceptions of, you know, who that person is because she's a black woman. And then we also think about, you know, what we look like as black women. I'm six feet tall. Okay. And I'm, Super sturdy, you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't so, play. I'm super sturdy. The New Yorker. <laughs> super so, so when I, you know, walk into a room, mm-hmm. you know, I've been doing this for a long time, right? And you know, when I walk into the room, and when I'm talking about what I'm talking about, nothing. I'm not open to what other people have to say, but I know what I know. Yeah. And if I know what I know, don't tell don't me. Know, don't don't tell me I don't know what I know right like I I might look young but I have 20 years here so mm-hmm. you know don't assume that you know I have no idea what I'm talking about so I so I know personally that people get offended easily or they get um they get scared easily just because mm. of my stature but you know that does not stop me from being who I am and you know showing up you know showing up as myself in exactly and a lot of times people are afraid to, you know, be who they are, especially sometimes we want to sit there and cover up who we are. This is corporate America. We can't act that way. Oh, I'm in the office with, I'm the only black person. So maybe I should represent black people in a better manner. But sometimes what happens is we end up being in a situation where just another rug. 
with just mm -hmm. another carpet that they're running over and we can't rightfully express ourselves. Right. And what I had to learn early on was that, you know, if I have certain things that I believe in, certain expectations, and if somebody goes against what they told me, whether you're white, black, purple, orange, I don't care who you are. So let's go ahead and let me pull up per the last email. You know? <laughs> per per email. Exactly. Per my last email, let's not get this confused. This is what I said. And sometimes, you know, there's this tone of, oh, say that. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm just telling you what it is so that we're clear for next time. And I'm not disrespecting you. I'm still using a, using a professional tone and I'm not angry. I'm just letting you know for next time so we don't get this twisted, you know? Yes. Yes. And then That's sometimes we're afraid to be that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, absolutely afraid to be that. I think that, you know, when I work with young women, who, and I'm seeing this more and more as mm -hmm. clients I work with because I have a lot of clients who are in corporate America and who mm -hmm. are, you know, I have a lot of clients who are, they are the only black face in the Oof. world. Relatable, um, relatable. Yes, yes very relatable. Mm -hmm. And so walking in, and if you're the only black face in the room and it's your first professional experience, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. So like you're young and you're just learning who you are. And so figuring out how to have your voice is something that is just natural like you're learning that anyway but mm -hmm. you know what i really ask people to do is investigate what is your intention in the moment mm. right so what is your intention in the moment so yeah. if you're walking into this moment and your goal is to be right right like your goal is to be right that's like an iffy kind of a situation because first of all you might not be right, be right. yeah <laughs> like you might not be right absolutely not Right. But if your goal is to express yourself, if your goal is to be clear about how you feel, if your goal is to get clear about mm -hmm. somebody else's <laughs> expectation of you, right. then, you know, the ability to clearly communicate that is essential. You know, the mm -hmm. ability to take notes before you walk into a meeting and, you know, to be able to really in investigate what it is that you're asking for yeah. what it is that you're saying so that you are clear about how you feel but mm -hmm. you're also clear about what the expectations are right because we can argue all day about right and wrong yeah but the goal is not to have an argument the goal is to be clear about what you're expressing exactly. and there's nothing wrong with that at the end of the day, that isn't. A lot of people are afraid to be in that arena and trying to fight for what they believe in. And, you know, in the workplace, that's a slippery slope because, you know, a lot of people are afraid to be angry or am I angry or am I expressing myself rightfully? And mm -hmm. um, speaking of that, if we could go back a little bit, is there a time and place for everything as far as anger? Because let's go back. I'll, Cardi B, since we got into Serena. <laughs> yes, girl. Let's, let's discuss it. <laughs> Cardi B. Nicki Minaj, mm -hmm. anger. Cardi B is more so. You know, they both New Yorkers. They, they, they in your arena, your city. You know, <laughs> or your world in New York, your your state. And a lot of the things that I saw and I heard, I feel like you know Cardi B on site. She said on site, and it was on site. <laughs> <laughs> and you know everybody kept saying this is fashion week and she shouldn't be doing that she's risking her investments and it makes us black people look bad and then i'll go we go back to the angry black woman syndrome mm -hmm. right because it's like she's a threat how could you do that and this is bad for your image i understand that you know presentation is everything you know there is a time and place for everything but in that situation 
is there really a good place to actually do something like that? So, you know, what's interesting about this is that I have, I've actually spent some time thinking about this because, <laughs> you know, not, not for nothing. I, <laughs> you know, I like Cardi. I that's love my girl. That, that's I love my all girl. <laughs> I love all things ratchet and real and authentic. Yeah. And one thing I like about her is she is who she is in every situation. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, she's already a millionaire. There you go. She's already a millionaire and she, she very well may have taken stock of the situation beforehand and said, you know what? I have about $4 million sitting in the bank. I have some <laughs> investments. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if I knock her with a shoe, you know, my child's <laughs> my, I have a, my attorney on deck. I'm going to be all right. You know, like she probably won't press charges because you know we both in the rap game and that look kind of weird. Yeah, she may have already had that self talk on site, like absolutely potential consequences were, you know, and to know exactly how she wanted to move in that approach the situation, right? So, so I mean, if we're talking about her specifically, she got the money to rock with that and (laughs) to move forward and to deal with the consequences and to say, you know what, I'm good with these consequences, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that, and I actually heard a few people say this, and this really allowed me to think differently about the situation too. Mm-hmm. Cause, because at first I was like, she's at fashion week, you know, why would she be at fashion week at the Harper's Bazaar party doing all of that? And right now, I mean, you know, I'm going to do that at the Soul Train Awards or the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not with the white folks. <laughs> not with the white folks. But then again, I heard a few people, like I heard Amanda Seals and Charlemagne talking about this. Mm-hmm. You know, respectability politics. If you could get dirty at a black event, you can get dirty. At Abs- a white Absolutely, event. a lot you of know? people like we need to respect their stuff. No, right, exactly. It's like no. why are we respecting their stuff versus not our own? Exactly. So, so I think that and Cardi B is who she is, really. Absolutely. Like she came from loving hip hop, and like one of her major breakout scenes was kicking the window pane out mm-hmm. of the SUV vehicle. So, if that's how you come in the game, I think people that's what it is to be knocking chicks upside the head with a shoe. So I no don't question that with her. The very next day, she came out with a lipstick that nobody knew was coming now. You see what I'm saying? When you have those money moves and power moves, I don't necessarily agree with how it happened. But, you know, the way that, like, if you're going to poke the bear, let's talk about provoking others. When you poke the bear constantly and the bear goes to the corner, the bear ignores you. And then finally, when the bear reacts, everybody's looking at the reaction. Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, anger is like playing tennis. When the ball is in your court, it's in your court. It's about what you do with it next. Mm-hmm. For her, she took the moment, took the time, mm-hmm. and she was fed up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And she took mm-hmm. the opportunity to do what she had to do. Mm-hmm. Now, with Nicki Minaj, when we trail back, it was almost like, oh, I'm not doing anything. So now we're right. going back to acting like you didn't provoke someone all this time and you're acting innocent. That's another part of anger that people don't look at. They yes. look at the that happens. They don't look like yeah. what happened. Yeah, they don't look at the passive. Right, because you can be passive aggressive. Yes, very passive aggressive. You can be passive aggressive and you can be passively angry and you can be one of those people who like throws the ball and then hides your hands, right? Absolutely, and, and that's so, what happened. 
exactly and the ball still breaks the window mm -hmm. but like but people might not be able to point at you and say okay like you're the person who did that mm -hmm. so i think it's important that you know one for me i, I always tell people to be authentic i think mm -hmm. anytime you run into a situation where you're not being you know authentic you know then you're gonna have issues in the long run sustaining that that individual that image mm -hmm. right exactly but I think that personal growth is also important and understanding mm -hmm. the potential consequences for any decisions that you have. Right. I may walk into a situation with, you know, my director mm -hmm. and think that I'm being very, very clear about what I have to say and not being upset. Mm -hmm. But if I know my audience and then mm -hmm. my director is this type of an individual who's going to perceive that in a certain way, I have to be able to sit down and to really think about, okay, I know who I'm talking to. I know what my potential consequences are going to be. Yeah. Is this worth it? You know, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. So, and then learning if it's not worth it, how do you still communicate what you need to communicate without mm -hmm. necessarily having those negative consequences that you don't want to ha have? I've heard many a times, you know, my directors and stuff in the past, be diplomatic with your response, be diplomatic. But I, I don't know how to feel about and being I think, diplomatic. I'm just, I'm still going to go with the part of my last email. Just, <laughs> but I'm not going to disrespect you. I am sorry. I'm still going to be diplomatic. I'm not angry. I'm not mad at you. But if you come at me sideways, I'm probably not going to give you the same energy. But the energy that you're going to get within that email is going to make you feel that way. Because if it's I gonna, were to go to your level, it'll be a different story. Correct. Correct. So, so I think that that's important. I think one, identifying who your audience is. Mm -hmm. I think thinking about the potential consequences is important. Mm -hmm. But I also think being able to communicate in a way where you can say what you need to say mm -hmm. and you can, you know, you can, you can. You can keep the same energy without using the same words. There you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, like my language and your language probably won't translate as it should because right. you're not, you know, and I don't want to say, you know, us brown folks, us minorities communicate in a certain type of way and then our Caucasian counterparts, not to say that they're hypersensitive or have their own issues. We all have our issues, but the communication pattern seems to be different. They seems to be a disconnect and mm -hmm. maybe one, someday we will be able to bridge that gap between us to see like, you know what, when I express to you how I feel, I'm not, I'm not coming at you. I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm not trying to harm your livelihood. I'm not trying to do any of that. All I'm trying to do is express myself just like you just did. So mm -hmm. let's try to be on the same page, try mm -hmm. to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, how as a therapist can somebody, um, you know, get away from the negative stereotypes? Because when I was reading up, you know, on an angry, angry black woman uh, syndrome, it came up that a lot of black women actually get misdiagnosed. And when they come into the mental health space, they actually get misdiagnosed because of their presentation to like therapist or psychiatrist. They think that, oh, this person is ill-mannered and disrespectful. And they don't know underneath that these other things that actually led me to get to this point. So, you know, how do we get away from that negative connotation? I know you talked about, you know, trying to choose your audience and how you present, but in therapy, aren't you supposed to be authentic and be yourself? So I think you have to be mindful about choosing your therapist or your mm -hmm. providers in general. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that 
socially we're constructed that if you need a service like for instance you need a doctor you find a doctor they have a license that's your doctor mm-hmm. you need a therapist you find a therapist they have a license that's your therapist but like you get but I think the reality of it is, is you get to interview people you know mm-hmm. I will not and I always tell people it's a red flag for me Mm-hmm. If somebody has taken on a case without doing a consultation. Mm, without if trying to have you, that 15-minute talk. Yeah, if you just schedule and will <laughs> charge my insurance for, for providing me with therapeutic service and you don't know me, you don't know if you can help me or not, and I haven't gotten a vibe for you, that's a red flag to me. Because mm, I think consultations are critical because it gives the potential client the opportunity to understand like, okay, do I vibe with this person? Mm-hmm. And it gives the therapist the ability to kind of get a sense of, you know, what you're, you know, wanting to do in therapy and know mm-hmm. if they can actually help you or not. Right. Um, um, I also think asking questions about your provider, because it can be a medical doctor, psychiatrist, a therapist, it can I'm asking questions about their um, experience with your culture, mm-hmm. with the specific issues that you're presenting with, um, and with people of your racial, ethnic, and your socioeconomic background mm-hmm. is important as well. Because you want to understand, you know, can they understand you? Can they see you beyond all of the stereotypes, beyond all of their own preconceived notions? Yes. And, you know, can they tease, tease that stuff out culturally? Not that they have to be culturally similar. I'm finding that most of my clients choose me because they want someone who is culturally similar. Yeah. 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 I love the cultural competence thing because a lot of people don't even understand the depth that it goes. Mm -hmm. Not just knowing about somebody's culture is like, can you feel it? Can you understand it? Can you you empathize with it? Right. Exactly. Can you feel it, understand it, empathize with it? But how much are you willing to learn about it in the course of a session? Right. Not just assume that you know, but really ask questions about Mm -hmm. what it is culturally that they're experiencing. What is their cultural norm? What is their family norm? What is Mm -hmm. their family style of communication? Because sometimes culture, you know, cultural perspectives have to do with family culture, right? Yeah. So if you walk into session and your whole family is and you don't see a problem with communicating that way you have no negative consequences from communicating that way right that's not what you want to work on i as a a a person who's not used to that i'd be like what the hell going on here but if i'm sitting down talking to you and i'm investigating what does this mean for you what does this look like are you actually like is this really a negative thing versus just how you present we might work on how do you refine that in a certain environment, right? Like, you know, how do you still achieve the goals that you want to achieve if this is your authentic self that you want to keep authentically this way? But it, it doesn't mean that I need to have a preconceived notion about what that is and if right. that's positive or negative. 
yeah. And some people wonder, oh, why haven't I been getting jobs? <laughs> right. And there's always exactly. room for improvement with everything because, like, we can have the same culture, we can have the same upbringing, but we can have two different takes on how to present ourselves, you know, with our friends, with our coworkers, with everybody in the world. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're trying to fake who we are, but then we've chosen a different path that has worked for us and our personalities. Just like when people deal with, like, substance abuse or things like that like grew up in the same household but one may choose not to drink and the other becomes an alcoholic it's Mm -hmm. all about choices in life and how we choose to you know move forward and how to improve ourselves you know Mm-hmm. It's okay to be angry, but you have to choose your battles with everything that you do in life. Right. So, you know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. and you also have to be self-aware enough to know if the way that you're presenting in the world mm-hmm. is causing you harm or yeah. not. Right. So it's it's all a balance, right? We all get to have the emotions that we want to have. We all mm-hmm. get to express our emotions clearly. We don't get to harm other people. But but to be insightful enough to know, okay, well, is this damaging me in some way? Because mm-hmm. there is a, a, a balance. I just don't want women to get into this sort of dynamic where you feel that you have to be docile and be uh yes. uh a doormat and to not be able to express yourself clearly just because you're afraid of being called an angry black woman. Exactly. And you know what, like speaking on the angry black woman syndrome, um, I don't think we've gotten into this. So, you know, the black male, right. You know how, you know, there's, there was this meme going around and, you know, I've heard different men saying that, oh, we're going to stay away from y'all black women because you guys are too angry. And if we go date these white women, they know how to treat a black man. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, <laughs> let, let me try it lightly. <laughs> no. Because there are black women who are actually pretty quiet and meek. If that's what you want, okay, go for it, brother. Go for it. However, it's okay to choose who you want to be with, but in the process, we shouldn't be bashing our own kind. We shouldn't be bashing. The very woman that you say you don't want to be with actually birthed you and brought you onto this earth. You come from a black woman and I don't understand how they say that they don't want to be with black women. We talk too much. You guys always have something to say. You guys are always mad about something. Uh, Let me just go be with my white lady. We don't want Mm y'all. How do you feel about that negative connotation of the angry black woman coming from our black men? I think if I think if any black man feels like that, he can he can he can go have a white woman. <laughs> he, can go find, he can go find her. Um, go find her and be comfortable because I don't want you to know. Her. Um, but I think any sort of dynamic that is set up where anybody has mm-hmm. a thought process that is solely based on a person's race. I think that that is a damaging perspective to have for the people who you are judging, but then also for yourself as well, because Mm -hmm. you are are putting yourself in a box Mm -hmm. that is incredibly damaging Mm -hmm. and incredibly limited. And you might have a beautiful, loving, passionate sister who's going to have your (laughs) back, you know. the wheels fall off. The wheels fall off completely. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, discounting her because mm-hmm. you have that limited view. But if you want to have that view, have that view, you know, like you have the right to be wrong, right? right. You have the right to be wrong <laughs> and to live your life like that. Um, so, I mean, that's how I feel about that. But, but I think that 
as a society in general, mm-hmm. we are well programmed. We are well programmed Perfect. to see things a certain way, to receive mm-hmm. the information um, that we receive a very specific way, um, to not really investigate what's being told to us. And I think that from a social normative perspective, mm-hmm. um, what is European, mm-hmm. what is easiest, you know, what is simplest, what looks good and has all these rounded sort of mm-hmm. figures is something that is not honored until it benefits you, right? Mm-hmm. So until you have that Black woman who is on the front lines, who is fighting for you because somebody did you wrong. There you go. You know, she is not that level, that same level of passion is not honored. And yeah. I just, you know, but I think that you know, socially, there are a lot of people who do fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a therapist, you know, you discuss that, you know, you have a lot of passion for working with young ladies. And, you know, that, what made you get into that work with them? Because obviously, they're still experiencing the growing pains, and they're going to grow up to form a, a Black woman and be any kind of woman, you know, minorities, even like the majority. So how do you try to help them out and shape them basically? So what made me get into this work is I was one, you know, I remember being in high school and, you know, I was in high school for three years. I was blessed to be skipped, you know, skipped in the ninth grade. So you can't say we ain't smart. <laughs> Ballroom status. <laughs> so I was in high school for three years, but my 10th grade year, my senior mm-hmm. year, I hardly went to school. You know, mm-hmm. I was dealing with some things that I did not know how to deal with. And mm-hmm. so the easiest way for me to deal with them was, was just to be out hanging out and just doing what I wanted to do during mm-hmm. school time. Um, and then I've had my, you know, my own struggles with depression. I've had my own struggles with um, being angry in a way that was not beneficial right so that hard exterior that you know growing up in an environment where you're teased and you're bullied and you know so you have no choice but to develop that hard exterior where you know, ain't nobody gonna hurt me nobody okay. gonna do me. i'm just you know, i'm taking care of myself like who gonna do it who gonna do it i dare you don't check me oh don't check me you know i grew up in you know so, <laughs> in a way where i developed that for self-protection mm-hmm. and then I got to a point where I just realized that that's not who I was like trying to be as a person like that's not how God made me you know that's not you know what my spirit was I felt so disconnected from myself and as I began doing work with the young women I was doing the work with you know my first social work position was at a residential treatment center awesome. I saw the young women on campus who just we're running around causing havoc yeah. and i gravitate towards you know all that is exciting <laughs> yeah so i was like i want to do that i want to yeah, completely keep you on your toes and i was like i want to do that i want to work <laughs> with them so those are my clients that's mm-hmm. who i want to work with mm-hmm. and you know nobody else wants to work with them and then it just got to the point where because i like doing the work and nobody else wanted to work with that population every mm-hmm. social work job i had every job i had really just just kept working with that population and then my interest grew and my understanding grew differently yes so 
so this work is you know really born out of personal experience and you know <laughs> understanding you know what it's like to look angry or to look like you don't need help or you don't want help mm-hmm. but you just want somebody to love on you and just nurture you right. and so you know my work with my clients really begins with the development of the relationship that we have mm-hmm. with the ability to really understand them I have a unique way of being able to communicate people you know to people their own experience in a right. way that they feel like they're not communicating to others um, to connect to them and to just really be there. You know, yeah. if you want to make any decision, I'm there. I'm, I'm non-judgmental. Right. Um, if you're smoking weed all day and, <coughs> you know, you're, excuse me, and you still, you know, are work and you still pay your bills and you, you know, it's your right to do Yeah, something. what's not conventional. Right, exactly. So, <coughs> excuse me. You know, my perspective of the work that I do is that my clients have the right to make their own decisions. No matter how I feel about those decisions, mm-hmm. they have the right to tell me that they want to live a certain kind of life and change their mind. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the right to be whoever it is that they want to be. And, you know, my role is to strictly guide them and to support them. And so within the context of that relationship, we're able to do some amazing work together. Yes, because a lot of times, you know, like you said, like relationally, if people can relate to your experience, you know exactly where to hit. You're striking that core and they can relate to you as an individual and not afraid to, (coughs) you know, they may not know your story, but they're able to relate because sometimes clients don't even know that they're sharing all this information. Everything can be conversational. Next thing you know, they unpack the whole bag. Um, yes. That's the whole U-Haul. Unintentionally. Yes. And then they're I mean, like, I have... what happened? Did, did I just it's tell you about Yes. You know? <laughs> you and know, it's, it's, so... it's awesome to watch. Yeah, it's so funny. I have clients... <coughs> Sorry. It's okay. I have clients every day come to me and be like, I didn't mean to discuss that today. Like, I, I promise I wasn't going to tell you that. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, okay, what you did. So now what we do <laughs> with the information, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, how do we move forward? Yeah, how do we move forward? And it's okay. This is mm-hmm. your safe space. There's, I honestly believe if, if you're spending money for something, even if it's because, uh, you know, you're insurance, but if you're spending money for something, mm-hmm. this is your money. This is your time so you know nobody should make you feel like you know like you're in session and you know like you're being judged or there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with you or that's not what this is this is your time and we're here to use your time in the best way that you see fit what we're going to do today Mm -hmm. that's awesome so a lot of this has been really, really good to know because, you know, a lot of people don't discuss, a lot of us, you know, we may discuss it amongst our friends about this whole anger thing. And I would like to actually, you know, dip into the whole angry male syndrome because there is one. <laughs> so at a, at a later date, that is going to be a topic because, you know, as far as like we have in the angry black woman syndrome, because, you know, we're passionate. We have a lot to say. We're women. Men are very, they, they have a few words to really say, you know, to get to their point. We always try to drive it home and have our feelings heard now and explain everything. So you know, I would really, really like to thank you, Melissa, for sharing all this information and, you know, let the people know how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more information about what you're trying to do and the changes that you're trying to make in the Black community and for minorities. Thank you. So um, my website is melissaisel.com. That's Melissa, M-E-M is in Mary, E-L-I, S is in Sam, S is in Sam, A, 
I, F is in Frank, I L L, double L, Larry Larry dot com. Um, my Instagram is um, at Melissa Eiffel, LCSW. Uh, and like those are the, the um, main two ways to reach me and to get in contact with me. Um, there's an email address um, um, you know, on my website as well where you can mm-hmm. always email me any questions or concerns that you have. Mm-hmm. I do some ID videos, you know, periodically where I give some tips on mental health and, you know, dealing with anger mm-hmm. and some of the things that, you know, my clients you know, come to me with. And, you know, I'm just here. Yeah, <laughs> Melissa is a licensed therapist. So if you are in New York and need a therapist and you feel like you could be great with her, like get in contact with her, you know, she's trying to push the agenda because we need a lot of women out here and especially black women. We're actually so far and few in between in this field, but we're growing as a community. So I would like you guys to support her and see what she has going on on her page. Thank you so much, Melissa. And this is a wrap. And thank you guys for tuning in to Silent Symptoms, a black mental health podcast. Tuning in to Silent Symptoms.